Genre. Welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are watching the 1990 Turtles movie one angry roof karate minute at a time. I am your host, Scott Tofty. It's Friday. Welcome to the Friday show. It's Yay. the last day of the week. It's minute number 40. Oh, and I'm here so with good. Chris O'Connor. Hey, that's me. And Rachel Gatlin. Hello. And Adam Sheehan. Hi. And we are joined for the final time. Uh, on loan from the Princess Bride Minute, Mr. Jonathan Carlyle. Oh, hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you for joining us again, Jonathan. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. This is a lot of fun. It's been a while since I revisited this movie, and I'm glad to do it. Yeah. And then what better way to do it than a minute at a time? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, we can get into all the nitty gritty details, right, Chris? Yep, we can. It's like savoring a candy bar by taking really tiny bites, mm. making it last. A How many long licks time. does it take to get to the center of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> well, I never so made it many. without biting. <laughs> so, Mr. Owl. Minute, minute forty starts with Casey Jones listening to Police Scanner. I like that. I think that was a good call last minute. Yep. And it ends with uh, April. Telling Leonardo that they're going to repeat the interview at five and at six. We'll get to that. And yeah, yeah. Let's let's get right into the minute here. Okay. So, so uh, Chris, you, you want to start us off? All right. So maybe it's just me because I'm super um, legally by the legal definition blind. Uh, but is is Casey Jones just like like a, does is his visual acuity like twenty five or something? Because he. <laughs> That seems like a great distance at which he notices, hey, look at that green guy doing cartwheels and karate. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to back I mean, you up on this. I think you're 100% right. I think Casey Jones must have supervision. He then, he then switches have, over to, the, to, the, to his binoculars, but to start off with, and when he notices... Watched this movie literally 600,000 times. <laughs> literally. Um, wow. <laughs> and every single time... I've never been able to spot Raphael on the roof in that very first shot until this podcast, <laughs> until I started watching this minute for this show. I was finally able to locate and say, oh, look, he's actually there. Yeah. And even on my big TV monitor, he's still super tiny. Yeah, I can you only can imagine s- how hard that would be to pick out in real life. You can see something moving, but I wouldn't be able to tell that was a turtle. I don't. I don't think or, he does either. I, yeah, he probably thinks it's like some chick doing like sexy yoga on the roof or something. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm totally gonna creep on her. Uh, I think uh, when, when you're, you know, obviously from watching movies, we know that hardly anyone's ever on the roof. So, so uh, you know, I think his his eyes used to the stillness of the uh, the rooftops and to see something moving, anything moving. I think it it might catch your eye if you've got decent eyesight, I guess. Mm. Interesting. Um, I want to point out something real quick before I forget about it. So you guys know by now that I'm the, like the geography buff when it comes to movies shot in New York. I love to figure out where things are and what like <laughs> mm-hmm. this real this scene really bugs me. So we talked a couple weeks ago with Crystal Beth about how 11th Street and Bleecker like doesn't a doesn't even exist. So we're sort of assuming like if we're looking at West 11th and Bleecker, it's sort of on the west side 
of the island. Yet we are on the southeast view here. We see the Empire State Building, which is at 34th Street, right? Kind of center-ish in Manhattan, a little bit more on the east side of the island. Yet we see the right side of it from the south with the Chrysler Building behind it, which puts you around like, (laughs) you know, puts you around, let's say, Gramercy Park, which is like... 21st Street and 3rd Ave. So you're at the oh, southeast. So you're totally on the you're on the complete opposite side of the island. Number 1. Number 2. <laughs> when we cut to Raphael's point of view later in this minute when he's looking and we get that over the shoulder shot, you can also see the Empire State Building and the Chrysler Building. <laughs> so technically he's looking at like the same direction from the same angle as Casey Jones. And I'm pretty sure if you look over Raphael's left shoulder at like 18 seconds into this minute, the brown building with the water towers on top that you see over Raph's shoulder, is that the building that he's actually on when Casey Jones is looking at him? Hmm. Oh, like, weird, there's, man. There's just... This, this, it's bad. It's bad. Bad, bad New York City bad geography. Design. Very bad geography. What it probably is is how I mean, dare it, they? If this was, well, I mean, it, it, this. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of this is a rear projection in the background, <sighs> but they probably for these exteriors really? had access to a rooftop for like one day or like one rooftop for a day. So they probably got it in pieces and, you know, put it together saying, well, I don't think anyone's really going to notice. But they didn't expect us to watch this one minute at a time. <laughs> you know, right. Honestly. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm double checking right now. I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt Chris. I'm double checking. But so the brown building over Raphael's shoulder is not the roof he's on. But the white building behind the brown building. Yeah. yeah. That is being shot over Raphael's shoulder. Is absolutely the building he's yeah, on. Yeah, th- these exteriors were all shot from the same rooftops. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I you so, know I uh, just ap- apart from peeve. like the sort of you know nitpicky ge- geographical um, mistakes and the things that we're able to notice and, and figure out uh, by looking at things one minute at a time. I honestly really like the shot over his shoulder. I think it's one of the better visuals in the movie. I think it's a really great. Uh, composition. I love the you know his shell and the headband and the cityscape and him looking out over things in a, in a in, you know in a broody Raphael sort of way. I think it's it's nice. I like it. It's well, a good shot. Yeah, it's a great shot, and I like it because we don't get a lot of shots of the scope of New York, and we ne- we almost never see the turtles in like this sort of grand open daytime New York shot. This is I think the first Unlike shot of in the, the cartoon in the daylight. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a good um, observation, yeah. Well, there's there's reasons why they don't go out in the daylight, and Raphael's about to find out why. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk. You'll about see it. the seams in their suits. <laughs> I do like the sort of um, the intense close up on his face that we get, and as it pulls back, you start to notice that he's being slowly uh, surrounded by foot soldiers. He is not an observant ninja. Really, really close to him, like yeah. Like they're sneaky. one of them is basically touching him, and he still doesn't notice. Also, uh, th- there's almost this element of darkness to that shot because, like, he is kind of looking over the edge of a building, 
And he does have a really kind of forlorn look about him. Do, do you think he's having dark thoughts here? Hmm. No. Are we saying that Raphael no. might possibly be contemplating jumping? No. I mean, Absolutely there might not. be an inkling in the I back think he, of his he's, mind. He's just brooding. I mean, they're not for, you know, for, let's just say for sake of argument, the director, you know, put this shot together, whoever the cinematographer, and, you know, subconsciously, that could definitely be there to sort of guide your uh, emotional response to this scene. But what brings him not back... Not blatantly, necessarily. But what brings him back, what pulls him out of that darkness, is he gets to beat up some ninja guys. Like, yeah. he's like, this is what life is worth living. I get to I, beat up ninja guys. No. Uh, violence. I, I do not believe for a moment that Raphael is <laughs> contemplating suicide. He's a man of action who is uh, who is simply brooding and upset over the fact that, yeah. you know, they aren't taking the action he thinks they should take. There's no way he's thinking, I'm going to just jump off this thing he's because we're never going to buy Splinter. <laughs> Having a down uh, moment doesn't necessarily mean he's going to throw well, himself off. The I, I don't think he's, he's going to act very on those small. thoughts. I, I just yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe like, he yeah, has some good. darknesses. He, feel, he, feels, smile, he yeah. feels small. He feels lost. He feels overwhelmed by the great city and before him. He's like, where could Splinter possibly be? And ah, uh, this street here and that building there. And you know, there's the sewer underneath, and it's so out big. Of all the rats in all the cities in all of New York. He's the only Why one that talks. Have to be this one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so just as we see Raphael getting surrounded, we are cut to this sort of weird scene of Donatangelo watching <laughs> the cartoon version of Tortoise and the Hare. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I, it's a, or, should we talk about the cartoon? Cause I did, I yeah. did, yeah. Yeah. did oh, you yeah. do yeah. research? Go it. for it. This is a, this is actually part of a segment from the old Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons oh, where they did God. Aesop and Son, where they, oh. they did the classic fables in a very, kind of sticky sort of way sticky 60s so, kind of way so yeah. the 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 way they tell the tortoise and the hare story in this sense in, in this go around is very weird where it's the hare keeps ordering food mm. and the delivery guy is a turtle and he keeps showing up a year later like mm. with his food like he orders ice cream and he shows up a year later uh, with basically milk uh that wait i don't right I, that doesn't that doesn't track at all. I don't understand no. what is because that changes the. In other words, that fable has no meaning. What like how well, is who is? Well, it, it gets around to the race because the, the the rabbit goes to the food place and he's like, "Look, I could deliver food faster than your delivery guy." And then, uh, but if it's a year, then yes, of course he could, <laughs> right? So, but but then they have him race for it. Like, okay, fine. If you can be faster than my delivery guy, I'll fire him and hire you. But then the delivery guy, Tortoise, plays on the rabbit's love for food. So he makes like a um, soup or a stew, and the rabbit eats it all instead of actually racing, and then he gets all the, fat and gross. This <laughs> 60s reimagining does not hold up for me. I, I, don't, I do not appreciate yeah. this bastardization of, of classic fables. Yeah, I think the better the better cartoon uh, tortoise and hare fable they could be watching would be the uh, Bob Clampett Tortoise Beats the Hare. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Bugs Bunny cartoon with Cecil Turtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, would be, that that's the better one. But I yeah. guess they could. You can't really afford. They didn't have Warner Brothers money at this yeah. point. No. So no. that with Rocky but and Bullwinkle. But everybody has Rocky and Bullwinkle money. Mm-hmm. Shit, I think I have Rocky and Bullwinkle money. Probably. <laughs> 
Um, I just love how into this the turtles are. Yeah. Yeah. Ninja really kick cute. the damn rabbit. <laughs> that's another one of those lines that I, I, for the longest time, had no idea what he was actually saying there. He's just saying the kick ninja kick the damn rabbit. There, there is no such thing as a ninja kick. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a nice cut because you know we've got we as the audience we can see the foot closing in on Raphael and then the next minute do something without knowing what do the, something without knowing what's going on they're cheering for the turtle yeah know? so because oh. of course they'd be cheering for the turtle right but like they're kind of like rabbit. cheering for or like we want Raphael to be okay so we're cheering for him and then we get to see the turtles cheering for the turtle it's like emotional transference yes from scene to scene yeah <laughs> Interesting. The underdog turtle. Yeah. I was also wondering, like, is this a, a normal thing? Like, the turtles, you know, do they have, like, favorite, uh, like, is Gamera their their favorite Godzilla <laughs> creature? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Master Uguay, when they watch Kung Fu Panda, is he their favorite there, too? Well, <laughs> it's important in, in media to be able to find characters that you can relate to, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And there's just not a lot of roles for turtles these days. <laughs> or they really identify with the sleepy giant turtle from Neverending Story. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Aww. That speaks in the plural. Is it plural possessive? Tense? Yeah, I think so. The we don't care. Anyway, I'm getting to. <laughs> um, That's a different show. Yeah. I just I, every time this movie that they show us like the the weird sort of non sequitur family stuff like this. I fall in love with it a little more because you won't see this in like a modern telling of the turtles. You don't see this in the modern telling of the Ninja Turtles. You don't see these little instances, these little short snippets of them like being brothers or family members at all. Um, And the fact that they took the time to put these scenes into this movie, even just short little instances like that before April opens the door and then we're back into the plot again. Like it, I think it does a lot to make this movie much more believable and make this universe feel a lot more legitimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you could almost take those scenes and cut them up and then put them in as the opening credits of a TGIF sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere you look. <laughs> oh man. Um, you know the fact that April has come up with a nickname for Michelangelo now. He's very excited about this he seems to be very competitive with his brothers about winning april's affection she <laughs> called me mikey <laughs> and then he adjusts the hair he doesn't have yeah it's another one of those musical lines she called, she me, called mikey. me mikey <laughs> oh now um now a couple minutes ago ahead. we had uh we had mikey and Raphael. uh you know gunning for April's affection. Now, Donatello's reaction to Mikey, he kind of sounds like he's a little jealous or frustrated. Like, it, sure. It doesn't sound just like, hey, turn around and watch the TV, because he kind of sounds I, like, like, mm, like, shut up. I, I, I kind of, I get a different vibe from Donatello. I don't, I don't think that he's, I think he's a little frustrated, like, generally, but I think uh, getting back to our, our, our uh, belief that, you know, largely based on the cartoons where Donatello does machines, but the idea that Donatello is like the more advanced mentally uh, of, of all of the four, like I think 
there's a certain part of Donatello that recognizes like, yeah, you know, it would be nice. Like this is a part of life that we're missing out on. Like I, there's no, there's no one for, for me to, to get excited about her calling me, you know, cutesy little names. Um, and, and, and so like in part, he's kind of jealous of Mikey and like Raphael, but at the same time, there's sort of, he has sort of a knowing, like she's human and I'm a giant turtle man. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think, I think, of all of them, Donatello is the one who's the most honest about the fact. Like Leonardo is sort of like chivalrous and like detached and not at all interested in like you know sullying the lady's honor. But Donatello is the one who clinically understands there's no point in getting all that worked up over uh, April. Leo earlier in the movie does quote, "The girl is a fox." Mm. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's that. So he's into it too. But I, I think I think Donnie is kind of like he's I I think his little eh noise at Mikey is kind of uh, this is silly and you should stop noise. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. Um, and, and the the rest of this minute is Leo adorably asking if April's heard anything, and I love the body language here. Like he's got he's playing with his fingertips. He kind he, of he's suppl- is, he's he's coming before her. Asking for help. Yeah, he's. it's very little child. Like, you know, when you've asked something too many times, your parents are like, would you just stop asking already? And you're like, you, you really need to ask just one more time. Have you heard anything yet? <laughs> Twiddling his fingers. No. Um, yeah. April looks much better now coming back from work <sighs> than she did on the air just moments ago. <laughs> Hmm. Well, you know, she's a little more relaxed, not under the hot lights, not yeah. throwing so much shade at Stern's anymore. The hair's anymore. down. She's, yeah, she's her hair relieved. isn't quite so big. Yeah. The big, um, the bigness big, of the big hair. Big 80s hair. Yeah. Bigness. And I don't, like, it's just, it's amazing how she sort of changed from one instance to the next. She came back looking very different to me is all. Is she, um, is she wearing a vest? She, I think she is wearing a vest of some sort. She didn't have that on the interview. No, she had the same shirt on, but I think she did. She does have a, a vest accessory of some sort. Hmm. She also she also walks through the door with this kind of smile, almost like she's glad to be home, like she's been thinking about these guys all day. Yeah, she has. Hmm. Or because she's really pinned it to Chief oh, Stern. Yeah. Really oh, uh, yeah, that too. Could be that also. Which I was wondering um, about her thing at the end about they're going to repeat the interview at five and six. Yeah, well, that doesn't make any sense. What airing did they just show? Like, what were they? Was that like the three o'clock news broadcast? The news at <laughs> noon, maybe? What is yeah. the, maybe, maybe I'm just not remembering the way broadcast TV was in the 90s, like before cable was, uh, you know, a, b- a big factor. Did they honestly replay like news segments and interviews like every hour? That well, I, they would on the different news sense. broadcasts. I mean, I'm not as familiar with New York City local sort of news, but I know my hometown news, we'd have like, you know, there might be like little five minute breaks at the end of a daytime talk show and then be like a little news update and mm. then something else. The, but the five o'clock news was big. Hmm. And then like the. Wasn't there like an eleven o'clock? Yeah, there was always like five yeah, and like, eleven. I thought it, I thought it was like seven and eleven oh, or six I, and eleven. At least on the one on our NBC affiliate, there's news at four, news at five, 
and news at six. Huh. Like, Maybe this was the they four just o'clock keep... news. And there's Weird. a there's a noon. There noon is a noon, is. yeah. And then bam, it's news at noon. <laughs> they also yeah. run the news all through um, the Today Show. Like the, you, the, they cut back to the news segment. That's true too. Very yeah. true. Well, who my, knows? It could be a weekend. Maybe. My, my question about it was: uh, I don't think Charles was very happy with the interview. So, are they actually going to show that again and again? Yeah. yeah, like why? Especially if he's in hot water with the police also, chief, why would he show it again? I wonder. I wonder if he gets also, a phone call. So, what exactly every time do they, they expect to get out of it? Yeah. Um, I think the main thing they were looking to get was information about the foot right so the to help the turtles kind of figure out where they might be holed up hiding where they could go look for splinter yeah the phone lines are open yeah so more japanese americans can call in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not be shown on screen yes <laughs> um so that kind of wraps up the minute but i do want to talk to you jonathan about a couple things uh you mentioned that you relate more to leonardo so that kind of answers the your uh which turtle do you most identify with question but let's get to the big one we've been asking all our guests what is your favorite quote from this film i i couldn't think of one but i think my my favorite section is uh when casey jones and donatello are going back and forth as they're fixing that that uh, drug and uh, yes. the alphabet game yeah i like it because I, I like little connection pieces like that and i didn't i didn't realize until donatello says you know what are we on and i was like oh they're doing an alphabet thing like <laughs> like i like that that's cool because at first I thought they were just saying kind of somewhat pretty lame names, but uh, then yeah. I realized what they were doing is like, oh, that's cool. And I like, I, would, I, would, I, I like Casey I Jones. Count that as a quote. Movie. Just about everything Casey Jones does is is fun. They wrote him really well in this film, and it's a shame that he never really got to come back and do anything as good. Like he came back in Turtles three, but it was just it wasn't the same. It was, it a was shell the B of, plot. Everything was the B plot in that movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's 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 minutes thirty six through forty. Mike, do you have any final thoughts on the on the movie or the franchise as a whole? Did you say Mike? I said Mike again. Why do I keep doing that, <laughs> Jonathan? Jesus, <laughs> stop reading words. Who You're am terrible. I? Terrible. I keep reading things that say Michelangelo in the show notes, and I keep uh. like mentally blanking. Jonathan, That's all do you right. have any final How thoughts? rude. I'm the worst host ever. <laughs> um, well, the, it is interesting. Um, I did say before that my, my first exposure to the Turtles was through comics, but I didn't really read the comics. I just knew that I had a friend that really liked them, and I knew that the comics existed, and I probably like saw them. I just didn't read them. And then there was a cartoon and the movies. Um, and at some point in there, then I, I did read them and I was quite surprised, especially after the cartoon, I was quite surprised how serious the comic is. Um, yeah. and I think that's, that's probably why it, you know, is what it is. Um, and, and we see uh, the movie doesn't quite hit it to that point, but the, but the movie does a pretty good job of trying to, to get those grounding points and, and, uh, you know, they kind of go off. They, they this movie kind of feeds right off some of the comic storylines, and uh, 
Yeah, yeah so one of the things we've been been trying to do is figure out exactly where those happen, and um, there's there's quite a bit of them. They pull quite a bit of material from the comics, but it also balances nicely because they pull a lot from the cartoon show. Also, mm-hmm. um, it is really, it, it, at least in my opinion, sort of the perfect mix of all the turtle media that had been released up to this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, and and I, it's funny when I read the comics because um, I I own some now and. Uh, it's just funny, like, yeah, right off the uh, first few pages, I think, like, you're like, oh, like, people are killing each other. You know, you, you get used yeah. to watching the cartoon, you get used to watching the movies, and they're just fighting, and they're just knocking each other out. But, like, no, in the comics, they're killing people. They're killing the fuck. Yeah. There's, there's blood. Yeah. There's, there's permanent damage done. Um, yeah, I don't know that we'll ever get a turtle movie that's quite that, you know... Yeah, accurate of a representation I'm, of the I'm comics okay and that. i don't know that it would ever really work anyway it would be cool if if someone ever tried i definitely would have preferred that to the michael bay atrocities but yeah like a red band <laughs> trailer for an upcoming turtles movie i think there's would some, shock I the think hell there's out some of me. fan films out there that have done that kind of thing and it would be interesting to take a weekend and look at some of those um but yeah are you guys i, I mean how far are you guys taking this are you guys going through all the turtle movies well, that depends on how we fast you see. scarf your pizza. <laughs> um, it's, I, we'll see what, what people want to do. I mean, I think we are all kind of down to go at least through this one and maybe the next one. We'll see what happens. Oh, I don't think I have it in me to do the third one. Mm. Oh, yeah, my God. I think that might be where the line gets drawn. Maybe that can be a weekend edition where we just rip it apart. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle hour. <laughs> yeah, so the, right. so the uh, Michael Bay ones are right out or? As listen, let's never say never. I don't want to commit to something in you know episode forty that I can't fully support. You know, next year or two years down the line. But uh, I would say that uh, if we do the Michael Bay ones, it's uh, not gonna be a love fest. If we were to well, do see, that's them. that's what I like about the Princess Bride is it's just a one shot. So, you know, I, there's no yeah. fr- there's no franchise to it, so there's no pressure to move on and, and do the same thing over and over again. Exactly. Well, that being said, make sure you all head over to www.theprincessbrideminute.com and check out Jonathan's uh, podcast over there, The Princess Bride Minute, which, once again, I am happy that you're doing, but slightly <laughs> angry that I didn't think of first. Um <laughs> And as always, you can check us out at DoolingGenre.com. You can support our Patreon. You can join our Facebook listener group. Uh, Talk to us there. Go be part of the Movies by Minutes community. Go forth and uh, uh, consume all the Movies by Minute podcasts you can find. Uh, And we will be back next week with Minute number 41 here on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute. For the crew here, for Jonathan Carlisle... Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you Monday. Bye. 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 Oh, cowabunga.